1: Good morning, I'm Nathan Hager.
2: And I'm Karen Moscow. Here are the stories we're following today.
1: We begin with the latest in the Israel-Hamas war. Overnight, Israeli warplanes struck targets across Gaza after another small aid shipment was allowed in from Egypt. President Biden spoke with the leaders of France, Germany, the UK, and Canada last night to discuss ways to keep the war from spreading. Secretary of State Antony Blinken is trying to tamp down those concerns as well. We expect uh, that there's a likelihood of escalation, escalation by Iranian proxies directed against our forces, directed against our personnel. Uh, We are taking steps to make sure that we can effectively defend our people and respond decisively if we need to. This is not what we want, not what we're looking for. We don't want escalation. Secretary Blinken was on NBC's Meet the Press, which you can hear Sundays on Bloomberg Radio. More than 1,400 Israelis have been killed since the October 7th attack, and the Hamas-run health ministry says more than 4,600 people have been killed in Gaza.
2: Well, Nathan, Israel is supporting diplomatic efforts to get Hamas to release hostages from Gaza. As a result, Bloomberg News has learned that could delay and possibly alter its ground war. And we get more from Bloomberg's Oliver Crook in Tel Aviv.
1: The sort of driving imperative here for the Israelis is to dismantle Hamas. Hostages will play into that. There is the moral imperative about reducing civilian casualties. But attached to that, even for those who are so emotional and angry in Israel, who maybe care a little bit less about that, there is a political reality here, that in order to have the continued support of Western powers, which is absolutely crucial, this needs to happen. And then, of course, then there's another question, which is what can be achieved just from the skies and primarily from the skies and from the bombing and the bombardment, where perhaps you could have a situation where you have a much more limited ground operation.
2: And Bloomberg's Oliver Crook reporting in Tel Aviv says there are 210 known hostages taken from many countries.
1: Well, meanwhile, Karen, thousands of reservists around the world have made it back to Israel to fight. The government says more than 10,000 people have already traveled from the U.S. on commercial and charter flights. Many are part of the group of 360,000 reservists called up globally by Israel's military. Others are volunteers.
2: Well, Nathan, further international aid is expected into Gaza through the Rafah border point with Egypt today. And we get more from Bloomberg's Michael Heath.
3: There's been two lots that have gone through, and uh, and, uh, aid workers are saying this is a drop in the ocean compared to what's needed. My understanding was there's about 40 trucks that are supposed to come through, and and, uh, today, I think, is the the hope for that. And uh, and aid workers were saying they're going to need at least 100 uh, to be passing through a day to to sort of meet the requirements of of the humanitarian crisis.
2: And Bloomberg's Michael Heath says President Biden and Israeli Prime Minister Netanyahu are promising a continued flow of assistance after those first two aid convoys were allowed in.
1: And back here in the U.S., Karen, we're approaching three weeks since Kevin McCarthy was ousted as House Speaker, and there's still no clear-cut choice to replace him. The roster for the next vote, though, has been set, and we get the story from Bloomberg's Ed Baxter. Former House Speaker Kevin McCarthy has immediately endorsed Tom Emmer. We need someone who understands how to do this job. I believe Tom Emmer, our whip, he's been in the room with all of our successes, from our bills to secure the border, from Parents' Bill of Rights, from cutting $2 trillion, getting work
4: requirements.
5: Along with Emmer, Jack Bergman, Byron Donalds, Kevin Hearn, Mike Johnson, Dan Muser, Gary Palmer, Austin Scott, Pete Sessions. McCarthy also called what has gone on so far in the party an embarrassment. I'm at Baxter, Bloomberg Radio.
2: All right, Ed. Thank you. While well, investors closely watch the latest developments from the Middle East, the direction of the markets may be driven by corporate earnings. Almost a third of the companies in the S&P 500 report this week. Big tech will be a major focus with Microsoft, Amazon, Meta, and Alphabet all reporting. Bloomberg Intelligence senior technology analyst Mandeep Singh expects a strong quarter from Alphabet.
4: YouTube numbers should look solid when Alphabet reports. And on the cloud side, another of Alphabet's segments, the tailwinds are, their generative AI investments should help Alphabet cloud segment actually to uh, post better than expected print.
2: And Bloomberg Intelligence Senior Technology Analyst Mandeep Singh says artificial intelligence will be a big focus of the earnings reports. Alphabet and Microsoft both report tomorrow.
1: And we have big breaking deal news crossing the Bloomberg terminal. Karen Chevron is buying Hess for $171 a share. And on the news, Hess shares are higher by 3% in early trading.
2: And we have a big takeover in the drug industry. Nathan Roche is paying $7.1 billion to acquire Televant Holdings, a developer of a therapy for treating inflammatory bowel disease. Televant is owned by Royvant Sciences and Pfizer. Shares of Royvant are up almost 14% in early trading.
1: Finally, Karen Swift outduels Scorsese. The film version of Taylor Swift's stadium tour, The Eras Tour, held on to the box office lead for a second straight weekend, outdrawing a new Martin Scorsese drama from Apple. Comscore says the Swift film took in $31 million more in North American ticket sales, while Killers of the Flower Moon, the first ever big screen release from Apple Original Films, opened with sales of $23 million.
2: And it's time now for a look at some of the other stories making news around the world. For that, we're joined by Bloomberg's John Tucker. John, good morning.
5: And good morning, Karen. More U.S. military in the East. The Pentagon sending the USS Eisenhower carrier strike group and additional air defense to the area as the Israel-Hamas war grinds on. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin. Sends uh, another message to those who would, who would uh, seek to widen this conflict. And we won't hesitate to take the appropriate action. Austin speaking on ABC's This Week, which can be heard here on Bloomberg Radio every Sunday. The Biden administration designating 31 regions across the nation as technology hubs. More this morning from Bloomberg's Steve POTUS. The tech hubs span not just semiconductors, but also electric vehicles, critical minerals, bio manufacturing,
6: and clean energy. It's a stamp of approval that's meant to marshal private capital into core areas of federal investment. The goal, administration officials say, is to generate economic activity outside of coastal boomtowns like San Francisco, distributing the benefits of government subsidies and some $500 billion in private capital that has flowed into advanced manufacturing since Biden took office. Designees are scattered across 32 states and Puerto Rico. Steve Podisk,
5: Bloomberg Radio. No suspects or motive yet in the murder of a synagogue president killed in Detroit, Following FBI warnings about the increased risk of hate crimes in the U.S., police say Samantha Wool was found Saturday outside her home. Gary Freed was an acquaintance.
2: She really was a, a genuinely kind,
4: sweet person that touched everyone that she knew.
5: Detroit police say they don't have evidence showing anti-Semitism was the motive. A little more than an hour before kickoff of Saturday's game between Michigan and Michigan State University, a trivia quiz on the large video board inside the stadium included a photo of Adolf Hitler. The university apologized. It put the blame on a third-party source, says it will not use that vendor going forward. Global News, 24 hours a day, whenever you want it, with... Bloomberg News Now. I'm John Tucker and this is Bloomberg Radio. Karen.
2: All right, John, thanks. Well, we do bring you news throughout the day here on Bloomberg Radio, as John said, but now you can get the latest on demand whenever you want it. Subscribe to Bloomberg News Now to get the latest headlines at the click of a button. Get informed on your schedule. You can listen and subscribe to Bloomberg News Now on the Bloomberg Business app, Bloomberg.com, plus Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. It is time now for the Bloomberg Sports Update. Here's John Stashauer. John.
6: Karen, the American League Championship Series Battle of the State of Texas going to a decisive Game 7 tonight in Houston, where last night the Rangers got a home run from Mitch Garver in the second and a two-run shot from Jonah Heim in the fourth. And then Adoles Garcia with a grand slam in the ninth. Rangers beat the Astros 9-2. The road team is 6-0 in this series. The decisive Game 7 tonight with Max Scherzer starting for the Rangers and Christian Javier for the Astros. They'll play Game 6 in the NLCS in Philadelphia with the Phillies up 3-2 on Arizona. One other baseball note, the Giants looking for a new manager, and they have gotten permission by the Padres to talk to the San Diego manager, Bob Melvin. So Tonight's football is in Philadelphia. The Eagles got Two TD passes from Jalen Hurts. He also ran for a touchdown. The Eagles beat the Dolphins 31-17. The Eagles and Chiefs, the two teams who played in the Super Bowl last year, are the NFL's only 6-1 and teams. The Chiefs got a big game from Patrick Mahomes, 32-42, of 424 yards, four touchdowns. KC beat the Chargers 31-17. The Commanders lost to the Giants 14-7. The Ravens, with a blowout win over Detroit, Lamar Jackson threw for three touchdowns, ran for another. And the Patriots got a surprising win over Buffalo, 29-25, their first home win of the year, and it's career win number 300 for Bill Belichick. John hour, Bloomberg Sports.
4: Hi, I'm Ron Kraszewski, Chairman and CEO of Stiefel. Financial Advisors, if you're not growing your practice, you're losing market share. Stiefel is a growing entrepreneurial, advisor-centric firm built for successful advisors like you.
1: Good morning, I'm Nathan Hager. It has been more than two weeks since the deadly Hamas attack on Israel, but the long-expected Israeli ground invasion into Gaza may be on hold as diplomacy takes center stage to try to free more hostages, to try to prevent the conflict from escalating. For the very latest, we are joined now by Bloomberg's news director for Europe, the Middle East, and Africa, Rosalind Matheson. Roz, good morning. What more do we know about the hostage negotiations with Hamas since those two Americans were freed last Friday?
3: well we know they're ongoing we know today that it seems like there are still at least 220 hostages that are known to being held um, likely mostly in Gaza itself and they're using Qatar really as the mediator there to try and negotiate their release with Hamas and the US and other allies are sort of Saying to Israel, could you hold off on your ground war, uh, your likely ground war um, of Gaza, so that we can continue to negotiate with Hamas to get the rest of those hostages released? Because so far, it's only been those two that you mentioned, the two, two Americans. And seemingly, that seems to be Hamas saying they wanted to do that as a gesture to the U.S., but not really inclined to release any of the other hostages that are, that are being held there. And we know that some of them, of course, suffered quite serious injuries uh, when they were kid and taken back into Gaza. Some have required medical treatment there already. um, And their whereabouts is just clearly unknown. Are they in the north of Gaza, the south of Gaza? Are they in some of the tunnels, the many tunnels that Hamas has dug over the years in the area? Uh, It's very, very unclear their location, their collective well-being and so on. Um, But we do know that there are increased efforts to negotiate their release before any kind of ground war.
1: In the meantime, we also know that it hasn't seemed to deter the air war into Gaza with reports that hundreds of targets have been struck from the air uh, even since those two hostages were released. But when it comes to the ground war, Raz, could these negotiations sort of change the calculus for Israel when it comes to uh, how they mount this ground invasion?
3: Well, that's very much the possibility. And a lot really also depends on the mood inside Israel, of course, in the immediate aftermath of the Hamas attack inside Israel. And and many Israelis, of course, killed or injured. In that, the level of anger was extremely high and the the immediate desire to retaliate with a full ground war inside Gaza. The question is, what does the mood feel like in Israel as time goes on? Uh, And they are mounting, as you say, that very vigorous air campaign into Gaza, increased tempo of airstrikes, if anything, from a few days ago. And so is that sort of a middle ground for now where you get that intensified air campaign to show that they are doing something they feel they need to in terms of retaliation inside Gaza? And does that mean that a full ground war at some stage, if that does happen, looks slightly different? Um, is it smaller in scale, is it more targeted to certain areas of Gaza or certain buildings and structures, for example? We just don't know. But it might be that you get that kind of blizzard of air attack going on followed by a smaller scale ground war in the end.
1: And in the same time, we are still seeing Israel trade fire with Hezbollah in Lebanon to the north and the warnings over the weekend uh, from Biden administration officials, including the Secretary of State, Antony Blinken, Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin, warning Iran-backed groups not to get further involved. What is the risk that we do start to see a further escalation, a potential miscalculation as this goes on?
3: Well, certainly we're also seeing the intensity pick up in the, in the trading of fire between Hezbollah uh, in Lebanon and Israeli forces. We're seeing more of that happening in the last two days um, and, and certainly a lot going on there. And the risk, as you say, is that that intensifies and pulls um, Hezbollah, but also with a result of Iran, into a conflict and you've got a full sort of separate northern front going on in a conflict for Israel alongside whatever is happening against Hamas at the same time. And Hezbollah in a way possibly is a bigger danger and a bigger threat, certainly when it comes to the region, because Hezbollah is bigger, more sophisticated. Um, They have many more rockets and missiles than Hamas does. um, And they can use those with greater effect potentially against Israel. And you've got Iran in the corner then lurking behind them. And so that really is a front of mind danger right now when you you think about the US and other allies in the region saying we've got to prevent that from happening. Um, But there has been that pickup in sort of fire being traded between forces of, of Israel and Hezbollah in recent days.